Welcome to the Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Val Spar Championship. We are back at it after a little off week. Last week, I'm Rick Gaming that right there. Joe Iadoni. Joe, one week off. You ready to rock and roll? I'm ready, dude. I'm chomping at the bit uh, to get back in this IPO hour. I was just talking to you right before we went live here, and I was like, man, last week, it was fun, but we, you know, we got the Thursday morning. My my DraftKings lineups were in, my bets were in, and I'm like, what do I do now for the rest now of the what? week? So <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm glad to be back at it. Um, glad to see you, buddy. Uh, hope all has gone well for you the past week, and and wow. hopefully some people are in here tonight. We'll give away some more Jockbox. Yes, we will. So if you are new, because actually I I know there are new people because people were like, I'm going to check it out for the first time. Welcome, welcome in. This is the Jock Market Power Hour for the next hour. Joe and I are going to take you through this new fangled stock market DFS where you can buy and sell shares of golfers. And for the next 45 minutes or so, uh, this is the IPO phase, the initial player offering. You're going to be able to bid on shares of golfers. And if you are lucky enough to be the high bidder at approximately 9 p.m. Eastern time, Joe, that is going to get you shares of those golfers. Um, and then after that, the live thing opens up, the live market opens up. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this next 45 minutes ish here is, um, is wild. If you haven't been in it before, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully you use the promo code that we have power 20 on your first That's deposit. Right. That'll get you a free 20 bucks. Um, in addition to the money that we're giving away tonight with the jock bucks. So yeah, the next 20, I'm sorry, the next 45 minutes here will be live bidding. Um, once that 45 minutes is up and the IPO hours closes, you will be allocated those shares. And, and the fun only starts there. So as the week goes on, you can buy and sell and trade shares uh, throughout Thursday to Sunday, all the way until the final hole is played. And it's a ton of fun. Glad you guys yeah. are here. Great plug. I forgot about the promo code power 20. That'll get you $20 deposit bonus. Also, uh, go ahead, drop your jock market username in the chat. That is how you enter a draw to win jock bucks. I have $20 to give away to five different people and $20 Joe. What we've seen in the jock market is that'll either get you about two shares of the most expensive golfer this evening, or it'll get you five, 10 shares, who knows of some of those penny stocks. Exactly. You're hundred percent right. So if you're thinking Justin Thomas or Dustin Johnson, uh, the 20 bucks will get you probably about two shares this week. But what we've really seen and where the big jumps are and where the fun, if you're looking for those boom stocks is two, three, $4 range, you know, that 20 bucks, you can pick up five or six shares. And that's where we've seen the massive jumps in ROI. You know, the first place payout is going to pay out $25 a share at the end of the tournament on Sunday, and it will go down incrementally uh, on a spectrum from there. They're paying out first through 80 spots this week. So right. you can actually have guys that, that technically miss the cut. And if they miss kind of right on that cut line, they're still paying out more than a dollar a share. So um, yeah, you can use it any way you want. 20 bucks. 
any way you want to kind of illustrate this a little bit i'll show you the latest cash market that we had this was the rbc heritage of course there was not an event for the zurich classic last week and what you can see is stewart sinks victory uh, because he sold for $4.40 last, I guess, two Wednesdays ago, and he paid out the full $25 a share. However many shares of Stuart Sink you had for the RBC Heritage, you earned almost over $20 in profit in each one of those shares. And Joe, this is that sweet spot I think you're referring to because each of the three highest payouts that we had at the RBC Heritage came from golfers who, who closed on Wednesday in the mid four dollar range right there four dollar range exactly what we talked about that's kind of what we've seen uh and you know this is still relatively new for you and for and for me so we're only about 15 to 20 of these markets in we started this thing last summer so uh, we're still figuring out i'm still toying with different strategies trying to hone in on what's best but what we've seen lately is exactly what you alluded to rick and that four dollar range has really been the sweet spot and gives you a ton of opportunity for to, to make up a lot of ground and to really to capitalize on that ROI if you do have a guy that finishes first, second, third, fifth. All of this data is available on my website. So it's on rickrungood.com. If you go under PGA tools, if you go under free tools, because it is free and click jock market, it'll bring you right here. I'm glad you mentioned that, Joe, because we do have, uh, we have a couple of golfers. Can you believe that Sung Jay and Tyler Duncan have been in 17 cash markets a piece? This is still, we're, we're not even at the one year anniversary of this. Uh, and Sung Jay and Tyler Duncan have played 17 cash markets a piece. And there are some names. I'm just kind of scrolling through this kind of visually here uh charlie hoffman Corey connors they have each been in 15 cash markets and they have returned a quite a bit of cashola for their backers i know i actually wrote that down so so if you've just been backing uh cory connors the last 15 tournaments uh 61 roi like per <laughs> tournament this isn't like total this is Every tournament he's making you. So he's probably, I was kind of going through it and parsing through some of that data on your website actually earlier today uh, and just looking to like who's been the big winner. And I think it's probably Corey, like, because, you know, you have to, you have to factor in that his price point in his IPO number has definitely been elevated at least the last month here. Um, So it's not like you're getting, you know, a scrub who had one bust and one giant win. Like I know I saw Robert Streb was up there. Well, yeah, you know, he he had he made 800 percent one tournament. Connors doesn't have that win. He's just been steady performing and earning people uh, money on their investment week in and week out. Yeah, Streb has one event where he closed at 160 and won it. So that was 1,400% ROI. He has another one for 300% and he's lost the vast majority of them. So you're right. Corey Connors has probably been, if we just said, okay, who's the most valuable uh, jock market golfer? It could very easily be Corey Connors when you factor in everything. Or it could be Charlie Hoffman, who is also on his own little run here where he's now averaged, uh, again, on average in 15 cash markets, 41 percent roi he's certainly no scrub either absolutely and you look and and we just talked about it a minute ago but where what price point and what ipo price you know are these guys typically coming from it's that three to six dollar range so it's not always you know while the safer plays long term may be the guys at the top right your djs and jt's your number one and your two players in the world but i think that 
you know, you don't have as much room to to have these massive jumps when you go up there and you're paying $10 a share. So I think these guys right here, you see Charlie Hoffman is right there, three, $4 almost every week. You're getting a steady return and you can frankly get a lot more shares of guys like Hoffman and Connors, maybe not this week on Connors, but, no, but guys like that week. normally <laughs> uh, you can get a lot more shares so, so that you leave yourself a lot more room and, and potential to really sort of gain your, your bankroll couple things coming in here through the chat. Brent is back for the first time in the jock market for the first real time. Congratulations, Brent. Welcome. Thanks for showing up. And Jeff has a question about the highest bidder. He says, it's not only the highest bidder that gets shares, right? So we, I wish I had, I could have, should have kept this graphic handy, Joe. We had this mm -hmm. graphic, I think we showed it two weeks ago, where essentially it is like the average price. And depending on how many shares are available, you don't technically have to be the highest, pr the single highest bidder to get all of the shares, right? Like it's, it's kind of a weird how they distribute these. Yeah. So you're right. It's like an average more or less. And, and there's so there's a, you know, a certain number of shares that are allocated that are available for bid. Now, I don't know that number. I don't think, you know, that number, only it's the guys public. internally there, yeah. but yeah, it's, let's say it's a hundred shares. Um, so you're all going to divide that equally. If one person bids nine, one person bids eight, one person bids seven, depending on how many shares they get collectively there, that number is going to meet somewhere in the middle of that price range. And the good thing to, to understand, Jeff, is if you do have the highest bid in there, let's say you have $9 and it closes at only eight, you will get that money back. So you're right. only going to pay one cent higher than the lowest bid when you get that. So you're only going to pay, say, 801 for those shares or even $8 per share, and you will get that dollar per share return back into your account that you can allocate elsewhere. I, I'm going to track down that graphic. I'm going to keep it handy because it's one of the things that I should have. I should have loaded into uh, into the site here so I can pull it up whenever I want. So I'll get that for future broadcasts. Joe, looking forward to the Valspar. It is yeah. no longer part of the Florida Swing. This is an event we haven't seen since uh, 2019, and Paul Casey has won it back-to-back -back years. What can we expect from Innisbrook, from the Copperhead course, uh, and how that might pertain to the golfers that we're going to look to target this evening? Sure. So I think it's a very technical, strategic golf course, and, and that's kind of a, a, a fancy way of saying – you got to be really sharp with your iron play. Um, you can't really overpower this place. We see very strategic plotters play well here every year. That's what we've seen in Paul Casey. Accuracy type players. Don't expect the winning score. You know, I've heard some things that it's a little bit softer out there and the rough's kind of down, but I still don't expect it to play your 18 to 20 under par. This is relatively low scoring tournaments. Birdies are tough to earn. Pars are good. Um, and we've seen this place consistently, even though it's it's technically not part of the Florida swing this year because it's a little bit later on the schedule. I think they got kind of a little bit of a favorable spot, judging by the field that they were able to pull together this week. Uh, they definitely got a better spot than Honda. Honda, to me, yeah. got like, unfortunately, the worst spot on the schedule with all of the huge events around it. And, you know, some guys don't want to get beat up by PGA National. But you're right. There mm -hmm. is a pretty decent field here. DJ's here. Justin Thomas is here. Patrick. Patrick Reed is here. Some of the guys who have been uh, hot, the, the aforementioned Charlie Hoffman, Corey Connors. Um, I'm missing somebody. Victor Hovla. I mean, there are there is a strong uh, set of golfers that we're going to be able to bid on this evening. Yeah, and you have number one and number two up there, right? And both are coming in like... 
the funny thing is, is both of them aren't playing bad at all, right? <laughs> but they both still seemingly have some question marks surrounding them. Justin Thomas, you know, after the the weather delay at Augusta National oh. came out and, and triple bogey 13, and things just seemed to kind of implode from there. But, you know, we've seen him get a little bit leaky off the tee with the driver, right? We've seen him struggle putting from time to time. We've seen DJ actually at the Masters go through a horrible putting stretch, kind of was able to flip that around at the RBC Heritage. So I'll have some interest in him this week. I think it's, you know, this is a good spot for both of them with not a ton of other bulk up at the top in terms of big names. Maybe a good get right spot for either one of those two guys if you're interested. Well, I think without further ado, uh, let's do two things. Let's give away our first $20 to the jock market, and that is going to go to Jason Jobo Jibo. Congratulations, yeah. Jobo Jibo. We'll get y'all set up <laughs> with your $20 to the jock market. If you would like to be entered into a draw, I've got four remaining. Uh, then please drop your jock market username in the chat and the other thing i want to do joe is it's time it is time to debut the big board to show you who is currently atop the jock market and as of right now it is one patrick reed who mm. is pacing the field at eight dollars a share so bidding will continue for approximately another 30 minutes or so reed is currently at the top at eight dollars scotty scheffler 750 dustin johnson at 701 what does this mean well, if you are a buyer of Patrick Reed at $8, that means you need him to finish right down here 18th or better. If you are a buyer for, say, $10, that means you need to have him finish 12th or better. So, Joe, this is part of the, the process that you go through uh, before the event starts to try to assign a fair value to each one of these golfers so that you have a target price so that you don't get all flustered close to 9 o'clock and, and start going nuts, right? Yeah, exactly. And the favoriting feature has actually been huge for me because I've able been able to kind of um, pick out my targets. And I did a little bit more of that this week. So I'm trying out a little bit something differently where I basically essentially, uh, I'll, I'll say it, I put in one share of like 14 different guys that I've, <laughs> I've picked out this week that are going to be in my player pool. And I'm going to try not to venture outside of that because usually what I've noticed has happened the last couple of weeks is... I have guys that I'm really isolated and honed in on and I see a name coming in those last minutes and, it, and it's a flurry, right? And you guys understand who have been through the last five minutes of this, the IPO hours, everything's happening so rapidly and fast. So I've came with a little bit more of a strategy uh, tonight and a plan. So we'll, we'll kind of go through it and see if it pays off. Strategy and a plan, probably two things that are good to bring along for uh, the final moments of the jock market. Let's talk about some of these guys, and I've got them sorted, Joe, uh, by their projected rank, their pre-rank. So this is important because the pre-rank is going to break all ties. So if you have two golfers who finish, let's say, all right, I'll give you an example. Let's say Victor Hovland and Patrick Reed tie for fifth. Uh, that fifth place payout is not going to be split. It is going to be given to Victor Hovland, who has the better pre-rank. So this is something that you should be factoring into your considerations. And the number one player in the world is the number one pre-ranked golfer. It's Dustin Johnson. We touched on him just a few uh, moments ago. But I, I think, Joe, that most people... It's funny. It's funny how people treat Dustin Johnson. You know, it is the the by far the number one player in the world. And they say, you know what? For his last three and a half events, he hasn't played all that well. 
okay, how about his last six events? How about his last eight events? They never want to go back any further than like three and a half, Joe, because he's piling up wins. Um, I think that the, the, the price that we see on Dustin Johnson this evening in the jock market, whatever it ends at, I feel like I'm going to be a buyer because I just don't think the sentiment is going to match what I think reality is for, for DJ. Well, and I think the sentiment when you look in in terms of other markets, and we'll see how jock market lines up, but you look at the betting market this week. Uh, he's dipped below Justin Thomas, I think for the first time this year. Uh, he's kind of got passed by him. And he's 12 to 1. I mean, that, that that's upside right there. Dustin Johnson, 12. He wasn't 12 to 1 at the Masters. Um, and you're getting right. a 12 to 1 at the Valspar. I bet Dustin Johnson this week. I just feel like it's a good get right spot for him. Has good course history here. And the thing that most uh, I was really worried about, and I don't know, you know, I have to defer to, defer to our boy EPAT in terms of a club change, but I know he tends to tinker and switch with he the does. putter. He was terrible at the Augusta. He went to the RBC Heritage, which he really doesn't have a great track record at, and gained 5.2 with the putter. With so the new I putter, know, yeah. W- was it a new putter? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. That's all <laughs> I needed to hear. Um, I will definitely be very interested in him. It's all you know, relative and Jack Martin. It's going to depend on the closing price, but I definitely think that the sentiment on him is that something is wrong, and I don't think there is. I agree. And speaking of sentiment, the guy who is probably going to lead the way in sentiment has to be Corey Connors. Now, this is interesting <laughs> because you mentioned other markets. When I woke up Monday morning and I looked at the betting markets, Corey Connors had the third shortest odds. When I went to a fantasy website, I could see that he wasn't priced accordingly. And now we're here in the jock market, which to me is the ultimate Put your money where your mouth is, right? There is there is a different type of game theory. Uh, the market is going to decide what the value of Corey Connors is, and I think the market is going to decide uh, that he is incredibly valuable, that he is going to be one of the highest-priced golfers this evening. Yeah, you know, and it's in the other difference between jock market and the betting market that you mentioned is if you got an outright ticket on Corey who doesn't have a, the greatest knack for closing down tournaments – this is a perfect place for him, right? Because he's still top 10-ing essentially everything. Um, the driving and the ball striking numbers are are out of this world right now. He's playing great. I talked last week with with uh, Travis Fulton and went on his show, and he had Corey Connors' swing coach in, said that they switched him to left-hand low putting, I think sometime around mid-summer, early fall last year. And that's really provided him a ton of confidence on the green, which is always the, the spot that was kind of holding him back. And you see it. You, it reflects in the results. I just wonder if, you know, at some point he's going to peak, right? And and are we at that point now where he, he wasn't able to capitalize and, and really come through with that victory? Because we just know how ball striking works. You can only hit it so pure for so long. Um, this seems like a great spot for him. I would agree, but I think that the public sentiment has never been higher and the popularity has never been higher as well. So I'm a little concerned about that. I'm glad you mentioned the format and the way this is why at the top of the show, we were talking about how great his returns are. Yeah. He might not close tournaments. He's got what one win in his career that Valero has opened a couple of years ago, uh, hasn't won since, but 
the returns. It's the top 10. It's, it's, it's the ball striking that allows his floor to be so high. This is why he's valuable. So it is worth noteworthy that this is not an outright ticket. This is buying into um, essentially all upside of Corey Connors, whether it ends up being a top five, a top 10, a top 20, whatever it ends up being, you're, you're kind of getting access to all of that here in the jock market. Um, Patrick Reed, I guess we should start with the guy who I'll, I'll give this a refresh here while we're chatting, who is currently atop the jock market, although I might be a few minutes behind. $8 for Patrick Reed. He has done essentially, Joe, everything but win around in his brook. He's got two runner-up finishes. He's got a seventh-place finish. We know he knows how to win golf tournaments. We know he knows how to win golf tournaments on difficult golf courses like he did earlier this year at Torrey Pines. How do we feel about Patrick Reed this evening? I feel great about Patrick Reed. I got him right, actually probably closer than the odds boards have in terms of my target pricing behind DJ and JT. So um, you mentioned the second, second, and seventh. That's all in the last five years. So he's comfortable around this place. He's one of those guys that's hard to, you know, I I know you're a big sort of stat-driven guy in, in the analytics, and you can always sort of look to certain players He's one of those guys where you almost have to just ignore the stats and understand that he's going to have volatile weeks. It's hard to really pinpoint and say, okay, Patrick Reed's striking the ball great right now. And you can see elements of that. There isn't a doubt. I think that he's improved a lot off the tee. I still think he's probably the best putter uh, on the tour right now when he gets it going from 8 to 15 feet in that sort of range. And he just has the knack and the ability and the unquantifiable to to win when he's in contention. And, and I love Patrick Reed, always will. Yeah, he does not foreshadow his victories. A lot of guys do. You see it coming. They start knocking on the door, and eventually the door opens. Patrick Reed could miss three straight cuts, show up, get get his back against the wall, and hoist a trophy on Sunday. It's kind of a different a different type of animal. <laughs> While we were talking, Corey Connors did indeed catch Patrick Reed. They're both now eight dollars, along with Scotty Scheffler, and we've got a new top dog. It's Dustin Johnson at eight dollars and fifty cents. So we're seeing movement here in the jock market already remember that this ipo phase is going to close in about 20 minutes or so a little over 20 minutes before this ipo phase does close uh if you would like to win 20 dollars to the jock market leave your username in the chat that'll get you entered into a draw and we'll do a handful more of those as the night goes on uh, let's see who else we have here there is a, a, a lot of early scotty scheffler love now joe we've seen this at times we have seen in the jock market that sometimes these guys um who was it? I think it was maybe it was Zal Torres a couple of weeks ago where we came on air. He was mm-hmm. $8.01 and then he did not move a muscle the rest of the way, not even a cent more. Uh, I don't know how, how much higher could Scotty go this evening. I don't know. Um, I don't have him. He's actually, I, so I have a target price on him, believe it or not, at $8. So well. he's right there right now. <laughs> we see these guys sometimes get, um, you know, we see this happen. The reality is, is, not all of us can that are that are playing this thing can be ready and available from 8:30 to 9 p.m. Eastern. So the people who can't and have other obligations will tend to target their guys they want. They'll put in a price that they're willing to pay for them and they'll let it sit. And sometimes we see this. We did see it with Zalatoris at the Heritage where things get a little bit stagnant and maybe people see the early price tag on him and they're saying, there's no way I'm going to get Scotty Scheffler shares this week. Look at him. He's already $8. Why would I place a bid on him? 
Um, and the reality is, is sometimes we just see that number hang and it ends up closing right around there because other people may be a little bit timid based on where it currently sits at due, you know, in relativity to when it's going to close. The, there was a question about Abraham answer from Drew and answer is, uh, excuse me, $7 and one cent at the moment. So right now that is essentially asking Abraham answer to finish 22nd or better because 22nd is that $7 payout. I'm about medium on Abraham answer, Joe. I'm not thrilled. I'm not down on him. I'm like a five out of 10 when it comes to answer. I think he's a great competitor. I think he's going to put the ball in play off the tee. And I think the putter is getting better. Um, do you have any hot takes on, on old Abe answer here? I don't. It's funny you say that because I feel almost the I, <laughs> almost identical. I have a lot of notes here on my sheet that I write down for every player. And I just skipped Abe answer this week. And I don't really know why. It's just I don't have a real good feel the same as you that he's going to play really well. Things are lining up for him or he's going to play really poorly. I think that he's a very safe play. If you're looking to get him around that number to finish in the top 25, wherever that price ends up. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't feel it with Abe right now that he's going to come out and win. Uh, Abe, those two guys we just talked about, Answer and Scheffler, uh, a victory would be both of their first. Neither of them have won on the PGA Tour to this point. Uh, yeah. So if you have grand plans for Answer, we'll see how they pan out. But if you have grand plans as your username on Jock Market, you have just won $20 and we will get you all set up. You like that? That was a pretty good well professional played. segment. Well Thank played. you very much. Grand plans, Kevin. Congratulations. We will get you all set up with that. I've got three more $20 jock bucks to give out so make sure you put your username in the chat and we are continuing to see a lot of movement here in the jock market show but there's one name uh that hasn't moved and there's one name that i suspect is going to move and it's the guy who has won this event each of the last two editions he's six dollars and 74 cents so right now really all he would have to do is finish inside the top 25 to return you a profit but i have a hunch that paul casey is not going to close IPO at $6.74. Yeah, he's probably going to finish between $8.50 and $9 would be my guess. There's going to be a lot of popularity, and there's good reason to, right? Um, Two-time defending champ, everyone knows that, but but he's coming into this event actually maybe playing a little better than he did the two times that he won. And you look at the stats, and everything is really sort of lining up well for Paul Casey. You can see how well he's playing. He mentioned that missing the cut at the Heritage was kind of – he does this kind of thing, right? He will yeah. randomly miss a cut. It's not unfamiliar to him. He's not worried about it. He said, maybe it's a good thing that I, I can kind of reset, get back to see the family, get back to see the coach, all these things. And, you know, you're not seeing when you do look at the stats also – Things like the the tournament, the Dubai Desert Classic, that he basically right. coasted to a four-shot win on Sunday. Like, there was no stress, no pressure. I watched that event, and it was easy for him. And there were a lot of really good players there. So that's not factoring into the models that you run either. So there are a lot of good reasons to like Paul Casey this week. I think that he's a very safe play given the course history and the current form coupled together. I imagine by the next time I refresh the big board, Paul Casey's not going to be at $6.74. But let's keep going. We're entering the sub $6 range. I see Cameron Tringale, Chris Kirk, Joaquin Neiman, Russell Henley, Emiliano Grillo. Any of these names in this range that are going to be ones to keep an eye on for the next, call it 20 minutes. 
Yeah, so I'm I have, I'm interested and intrigued by Russell Henley here because um, you look at everything and, and he's going to pop in the statistical models just because he's such a good iron and ball striker and approach player. But I really didn't give him enough credit. Chad and I did the preferred line show Monday and I said something like, I'm not really looking at Henley. He's not playing that great. And then I looked and he's got back-to-back top tens. I'm like, where did that come from? So um, he has an affinity for playing Southeast and Florida golf. He's, he's just, you know, you look at him in comparison to the odds boards. And if he sticks down here in the, in the low six or, or $7 range, I think that he presents a lot of upside for people potentially. Yeah, he just moved on up to $6.78, so that means he would have to finish approximately 23rd or better, which is something he has done uh, in each of his last two starts. We're seeing movement. Casey did break through the $7 mark. Dustin Johnson trying to extend a little bit, $8.67, and Corey Connors right on his heels. I'm telling you, that is going to be a common thread all night long is that Corey Connors is going to be on the heels of Dustin Johnson. Uh, Looking a little bit further down the board, I'm on record this week showing love and support for Denny McCarthy, who has uh, always been one of the better putters. He's now trying to figure it out with his irons a little bit. I've got an outright in on Mr. McCarthy for this week, Joe. So that's, yeah, I know that's, that's not something I usually do, but he, he finally got me. (laughs) <laughs> I love digging into Denny dirt. Anyone who follows me knows I got an affinity for Denny. But look, five straight, really, really good putting performances. And with some guys, you can kind of look at that and say, okay, they hold a couple long ones. They're not known. But this is what this guy does, right? And the ball striking has been there. I, I kind of worry a little bit about his accuracy off the tee. And, and someone who bets Denny a lot, it, it, it plays him a lot. I can tell you that he, he will get you fired up when he's on these birdie <laughs> runs. He'll make five, six straight birdies, but he's just got to find a way to avoid bogeying. And and it, that's been his, his sort of kryptonite. And he'll follow up a birdie with a bogey, and it's the same as two pars, right? So if he can avoid the bogeys and put together a good ball striking week, I think that Florida sets up best for Denny. Uh, So this is sort of his last chance to really break through and he's had some good performances, but yeah, right at $4 is in, and that's kind of the sweet spot that we've seen for someone to pop. That's right. He made, um, he made a run at Honda. That was a couple of weeks ago. This is, you know, this could be another good spot for him as well. Sub $4 getting into those kind of penny stocks. Um, you know, the, the, the team of Uline and Warinsky from last week, they're both hovering around, uh, the $3 mark or just a quarter or higher. Adam Hadwin has won this event before Kevin Kisner, Taylor Gooch and Doug Gim as well. Anybody in this range, Joe, that we should uh, add to our favorites list yeah there's a lot of guys you mentioned Hadwind who's one of the guys that I kind of have in my pool this week Um, he tends to come and go sort of with the putter but the irons have turned themselves around obviously good course history here I like him on courses where it's a lower sort of finishing score in that 10 to 12 under range good performance at the Honda Classic which I think in terms of you know, it's not necessarily a direct comp, but it is Florida golf. It is one of these courses that plays uh, relatively hard in comparison to others. So it could be a good spot for someone like Hadwin to sort of, um, you know, get things rolling back in the right direction. And the other guy down there, and I don't know if he still is. Yeah, I think he is. But um, Sam Burns. So 
Burns had a lot of birdies last week. He played pretty well. He seemed to kind of, and, and you've talked about this many times, how volatile he is, right? So he yeah. will have incredible strokes game days where he sort of laps the field when it doesn't matter how tough the course is playing. If he's on, he's going to play as good as anybody that day on the course, but he has the really off days as well. So he may be a good guy that you can kind of target and say, okay, if he has a bad first day, I know that he has major bounce back potential or vice versa. If he has that really good first round and say shoots six, seven under and is a first round leader, it may be time to sort of sell off some of those shares. So it's interesting play on Burns. That is a really good way to look at it, especially for the in-game stuff where, hey, these volatile guys in Terrell Hatton would have fit that would have fit that category as well. Sure. He has withdrawn from this event. He tested positive for COVID. Uh, guys that can just lap the field for a day but have trouble putting it together for four rounds. Well, if you start a little slow, those two great rounds might be coming. Sam Burns is certainly a target for that. I've got 20 more dollars to give away and they're going to zach zach m59 congratulations that'll be 20 dollars in your account as soon as we email the jock guys and they get to it i don't know i don't know how long it takes probably a day or so but that'll be in your account <laughs> as soon as soon as we can i've got two more to give away and i'll do that uh one as ipo is closing and then one before we get out of here so make sure that you're uh, jock market username is in the chat and joe we've got about 10 9 to 11 minutes before this ipo phase is going to close it's going to close just before 9 p.m eastern time we are seeing some movement here it's getting a bit congested at the top we now have five excuse me six golfers at eight dollars or more they're dustin johnson Corey connor scotty scheffler paul casey patrick reed and justin thomas now I'm assuming there's going to be movement on JT. He's the favorite. Am I wrong here? Like where, where's the JT momentum going to come? It's a, it's a, we only got about nine more minutes. <laughs> you could feel it sort of building though. Right. And I feel like there's a lot of people with a close eye on him, but, but you know, this wouldn't be unfamiliar territory. We've seen many times that the guy who's the number one in your odds boards and the guy who's the number one, the highest priced guy on DraftKings doesn't always come out on top. We saw D you know, Rom past DJ a lot of weeks and it's, it's kind of interesting uh, how it works on here. So I expect him to catch up and make up some ground and it's going to, you know, some people are going to press the gas on JT here the last 10 minutes, but we'll have to wait and see. There is almost a sentiment. I, I personally think that a lot of people look at the favorite and they say, well, he's probably going to be too expensive for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not even really going to keep an eye on him. And then that guy ends up being, the value that at, at 9 PM we're looking at the board and we're saying, wait, he only went for that much, right? Like if, right. it's almost, it's definitely a mental thing for people. Absolutely. We see, we've done it a couple of times where it's closed and I'm like, how did I miss this? Right. You know, cause you just assume that it's coming. Um, but it's always <laughs> worth, it's always worth a, a bid if you see a low price and, and to kind of monitor that. But so much happens in the last five minutes. It's hard to keep track of everything. But yeah, I mean, JT at the, the fifth or sixth guy down there at $8 uh, per share. If it hangs anywhere near that, um, I'll, I'll make a stake on it. <laughs> well, JT is on the move. He's $8.70. He is now the most expensive <laughs> okay, golfer. There we go. <laughs> there was the momentum. There it was. Just yep. took a second. We just had to talk about it. DJ just one penny behind. Here's a name. Um, uh, Victor Hovland. I have essentially 
little idea what to do with Victor Hovland. He was on an unbelievably scorching run for months. He has cooled a bit. Uh, I'm I'm happy to write off anything that happened last week at Dessert Classic because it's kind of a weird format, but you never like to see your guy – you know, lead after two rounds and just flounder around on the weekend. Um, I don't know what to do here. $7 and eight cents at the moment. I know. And they were kind of a, a, a wild team last week. And there was a point where, where, you know, Ventura was even doing a lot of the heavy lifting on that team last week. And you, and you wonder, you know, not a great masters forum. The API was suspect after those three terrific, you know, top five performances that you have there. I just worry a little bit about Vic here uh, in sort of the around the green games, and that's proven to be a, a particularly pivotal stat this week. You know, he's so good that when um, his iron play is on, it's not really going to matter. But if it's not all the way there, he's going to have to get himself up and down for some awkward positions at Innisbrook. So, you know, that would be my main concern surrounding uh, Hovland. Uh, I think that's fair, and I think that's warranted. Kenta Maeda says, I will bet Stuart Sink this week. You can take that money. You can send it right to me. Stuart Sink not in the field this week. <laughs> save save your cash. Uh, that will not work out for you. Um, looking back at the big board here, Joe, and we're probably about six, seven, eight minutes away from this IPO phase closing. There has been a lot of steam on Jason Kokrak this week. He's $6.90. He has played well. He's played well recently. He's had good success at this event before. Are we going to see a bit of movement on Coke Rack in the final few minutes here? I think he's going to be very popular. He kind of feels like the the cheaper version and maybe somewhat overlooked of Corey Connor. So they both have very similar attributes in terms of off the tee and approach game being terrific at that. It all kind of hinges on the putter. Great course history, a couple in there will, of, of course, lead to some of his popularity. But let me see where I have him. Um, so, yeah, so he's already – what is what was his price right now? Uh, I clicked refresh, so I don't know. <laughs> so on, I have see. a target on Kokrak at <laughs> $7.50. So that's kind of where I'm he's at with him. Six ninety, dollars at the moment. Okay, so there's still some room there. There's still some room there to potentially make a buy on Kokrak. So – um, three top tens in the last five years. Second last year, you know, he was an up and down on, and we talked about the importance of around the green game, right? He was an around the green up and down on 18 last year from getting himself into that playoff. So very close, great performances through the Florida swing. This is the last one of the bunch. So we'll see if he can keep it rolling. If you use that $7.50 target price, you're asking Jason Kokrak to finish 20th or better. That would be the conversion there. And We've got a couple of front runners. Dustin Johnson and Justin Thomas have snapped through the $9 mark, $9 a share for the number one and number two players in the world. And now the number one and number two players in the jock market this week. Corey Connors right behind Patrick Reed, Scotty Scheffler, Paul Casey. I'm trying to see if there's any other names here that we haven't spent a, a bit of oxygen on. I think we're both pretty big believers in Chris Kirk. He's $7.31 at the moment. I haven't... Um, I, I think I like Kirk every week, right? So I, I don't know if there's a spot that I feel better about him, but I'm always like a six and a half to a seven on him. <laughs> yeah, I really like Kirk, and I wish that he wasn't quite so expensive because he's cleared the mark a little bit that I had for him. But, you know, we talked about Connors and his ability to put together ridiculous uh, ROIs on a week to week basis. Chris Kirk, 
Um, 12 markets so far, averaging a 91% return on the stats that I got on your site. So that's unbelievable. That's incredible. He's almost doubling your money every time you play him. If you played him in every market every week. So he's been incredibly consistent, great par three score, very accurate off the tee and in good form. So there's a lot of reason to sort of bank on Chris Kirk finishing in the top, say 15 this week. All right. Well, here is that moment. We are uh, probably about four-ish minutes away. Could be three, could be five away from this IPO closing. So this is usually where we let Joe dive in and do his thing. But Joe, before we let you do that, you mentioned you have 14 golfers in your kind of watch list. Is that how you would describe them? Yeah. So I actually put in a share um, for 14 of them with, with with a little lower than my target price on all of them. And at this moment right now, I have four left. Oh boy. So, uh, we're dwindling down now. A couple of them I have a little room on, so it's going to be uh, an exciting couple minutes here. But I, I still got four guys that that I'm really liking where the price is at in terms of where I had it marked. All right, Joe. Well, we will bid you adieu for a few minutes here. Go do your thing. If you are digging into your own phone, uh, make sure that your username, your jock market username is in the chat. That will get you entered into a draw for free jock bucks. And I'm going to take you the rest of the way here. So let me give my big board one more refresh because this IPO phase, as we know, there is a 90 second window where that IPO can close randomly at any point in there. And we are approaching that window in about two minutes or so. And where we currently stand is with Dustin, excuse me, Justin Thomas at the top. He's the first player to break through the $10 mark. He's $10 and one cent. If you are a buyer of Justin Thomas at $10 and one cent, he needs to finish 12th or better to return you a profit. If you're willing to go up to $12 a share, you expect him to finish eighth or better to turn you a profit. Next up, Dustin Johnson, $9.25. He is the number one pre-ranked golfer, meaning if he gets into a tie with anybody else in this field at any position, Dustin Johnson breaks all ties. Being the number one ranked golfer is certainly valuable because golf is a sport that has lots of ties. We are seeing some great sentiment and some great backing of Patrick Reed and Corey Connors. They're the only two other golfers over $9. Reed at $9.05, Corey Connors at nine, the two-time defending champion, the guy who is trying to add his name to a very short list of golfers, which Tiger Woods has his name on that list about six times, uh, is Paul Casey. He's at $8 a share. That is asking Paul Casey to finish 18th or better. I find it surprising that a basically, uh, I don't want to say a B version of Paul Casey, Corey Connors is more expensive than Paul Casey. Paul Casey's like the <laughs> the brand name and Corey Connors is like the off brand that he's more expensive. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable stuff. Uh, I'm big on Charlie Hoffman this week. He's $7 and eight cents. He's someone who's been knocking on the door. He's been doing it in a way that is sustainable. He's been hitting his irons. He's been showing up every single week. He's one of the best players of the calendar year. He doesn't have a trophy to show for it, but he has plenty of returns in the jock market to show for it. Let me give the big board one more refresh because we are certainly in that time period where this IPO can close at any moment. When that IPO closes, the highest bidders are going to have their shares allocated to them. And that is going to be in your portfolio. And we have finally, it took almost all night, got the momentum, 
on Justin Thomas because he is scorching hot. He has moved to $11.35. We are potentially in a range where uh, Justin Thomas is looking to become the most expensive he has ever been. He's almost a full $2 more expensive than uh, Dustin Johnson. And Corey Connors has extended himself over Patrick Reed. There is a lot of love coming in for Russell Henley. He is now the fifth most expensive golfer in our IPO. He's higher than Paul Casey, the two-time champion. He's more expensive than Scotty Scheffler, who's catching a lot of steam this week. There is a, a little bit of movement on Victor Hovland. He's gone from $7 to $8.10 in the last few minutes or so, and there's been little movement down in this $7 range. Jason Kokrak continues to hang there. Joaquin Neiman continues to hang there. Abraham Answer continues to hang there. A little bit further down the board, trying to find some names that might be of note. Sam Burns, who we mentioned earlier, and, Cor and Denny McCarthy, when we talked about them, they were $4 or so. Now both around $5 and one quarter. We are in it right now. I'm actually surprised this IPO has not closed yet. We are late. This is a late close. This it is a late close. It's got to be happening at any second here because this is about as late of a close as we have ever seen in the jock market. So get your bids in right now because this thing's going down very, very quickly. Okay. I think it's got to be closed because I'm getting an error, but it's saying IPO ends soon still, but it's not letting me buy any shares. It's got to be closed. Okay, when I click it, it's closed. I think yeah. it is. Okay. It's closed. We're closed. Yep. Close We're closed. It down, baby. Shut it down. We're closed. The IPOs, that's the late, like, okay, I've got, uh, well, that's it's 559 here, 859. We've seen it close at 857. That was late. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Okay, okay. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to let the dust settle here for a second. We're going to let uh, my big board update. You guys are throwing in the chat who, uh, like, I like this. Tim says, whoops, got carried away again this week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that, should be, that should be the tagline. It should be jock market. Whoops, got carried away again this week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. We're going to let the dust settle here. I'm going to refresh uh, the big board. And, I'm, and while we have time and while Joe is getting his portfolio ready to share with us, I am going to draw another winner of those jock bucks. So that winner uh, is going to be, I had it here, stand by here, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, it is right here, Chip Muck 304. Congratulations, Chip Muck 304. Not Chip Monk. I will make sure to type your name correctly so we get your account. Okay. I've got one more $20 to give away to the Jock Market. So before we get out of here, leave your jock market username in the chat that will ensure you are entered into the draw okay joe let yeah. me show you let me show you the big board here just so we can see the most expensive golfers justin thomas did indeed get that momentum we were waiting for uh Absolutely. he skyrocketed at the end there the final minute or so he picked up two bucks at least. He closed at $11.59, which is almost the most expensive he's ever been. The only time he was more expensive was at Mayakoba. He was two cents more expensive. So all of that uh, wondering, all that posturing we were doing about JT and when the money was going to come in, it came in. Yeah, no doubt about <laughs> it. And he's almost... Uh... You know, he's, he's what, a dollar and 70 cents clear of Dustin Johnson, which is um, shocking to see. So I had interest in DJ. I had some early bids on him. Um, I, I 
I still think that he's a very good play in double digits at $10, $10.50. I just wanted to kind of allocate a little bit more shares a little further down. So um, I ended up passing on him. But, yeah, it's that's a big gap between one and two, maybe as big as we've seen. I think it is, and let's d- dive into that a little more. So the, the gap between Justin Thomas and DJ, so $11.59 means essentially JT has to finish ninth or better, and Dustin Johnson has to finish – 12th or better so three spots Mm -hmm. which is pretty significant when you get up to that point that is a pretty big gap yeah absolutely yeah so i I like both of their chances to both do that if you look at that in comparison to like their top 10 betting numbers or something like that this week they're both the clear one and two best players in the field so uh but just yeah interesting that the JT to DJ was such a big gap. And then DJ to Corey Connors was like, not that big of a gap. You know, it's like, what, where are we at with DJ right now? It's yeah, wild. quick, quick mental math. <laughs> I mean, the dollar and 70 cents difference between JT and DJ at one and two is the same gap down to like Charlie Hoffman, it, like the next <laughs> like seven or eight golfers, like, right. Like that's, that's yeah. the gap. Um, it's speaking of see, which, yeah. Corey Connors, $9.34, the third most expensive golfer. Patrick Reed, the fourth. Uh, Russell Henley, the fifth. I mean, I guess the biggest surprise to me, uh, whether it pans out or not, is the guy who has literally won this event twice in a row, has closed IPO at $8.50, which is essentially asking him to finish 16th or better. Yep, and that would be the biggest stake sort of in my portfolio this week. So I ended up with 30 shares of Paul Casey, all at $8.50. So um, I like that. That was lower than the target that I had for him. I just think that um, I'm not scared of the miscut. I think this place aligns perfectly. If you're in, and I don't normally take a ton of cases, so I just think that the, the, the stars have all sort of aligned this week, and and it's just a cheap price for him. I mean, look at how far down on the board he was. What the seventh or eighth guy down there in a place he's he's coming back as the two time defending champion, trying to go three in a row. So we'll see how it pans out. But I took a stake there. Tied for seventh, tied for seventh most expensive golfer with Sung JM. It's surprising. You got shares of Paul Casey. How else did you fill out your portfolio? Yeah. So, one guy that I thought was, and I had targeted, and I didn't think I was going to go this big on him, but ended up really cheap was, was Cameron Tringale. So, 675 um, feels pretty low on him. I think that he would have to finish what, like 30th or better? And here's a guy that um, is in great form, right? And and seemingly is playing the game and it it looks easy to him right now. There was a point in time in the last two tournaments that he played. uh, One was the Honda and one was the Valero, where I think during those tournaments, he was like a clear favorite to win at one point. Now, he he didn't take home either of those trophies, but he had such good rounds there. Um, that he's he's just striking the ball so well right now, and I felt like he was just a little bit too far down uh, the list in terms of you know that versus yeah. his betting odds. I like that as well. So Paul Casey, Cameron Tringale, who else you got? Yep. So my four dollar range guys, I have three of them. So four twenty nine, I took some Patton Kazire. Um, he's had great returns in terms of ROI throughout he's his job. Up. Yeah. When he plays well, he like can finish inside the top 10. That's what I like about him. Absolutely. Um, right at four bucks, Alex Norin. Okay. Um, and right at four bucks was Adam Hadwin. So two guys there. I really like both of their around the green games. I really like Hadwin's course history. I think that Norin 
you know, I looked at some of his dug into some of his heritage stuff there and he lost a good bit putting there, but was really good around the greens was really good on approach. And I think that a harder tournament in terms of a lower total score, you know, the heritage seemed to play so easy. Um, I think that 10 to 12 under is kind of more aligned in his sweet spot. And then all the way down, um, kind of my penny stock guy at $2 and 50 cents this week, I took a little bit of a flyer on Sam Ryder. I like Sam Ryder. Nice. Yeah, good. I don't, well, I don't I know him. why. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if you want to hear that or not. But I, I do want to hear that, that, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I think that he went to school somewhere around this Tampa area. He had a really good finish at the Honda and then backed it up in a weaker field at uh, Punta Cana. I think both top tens there. So, yeah, in good form. I think that has a ton of upside, you know, when you're looking and trying to reach down in this $2 range. He went to um, Stetson, which is in, I think it's central Florida. So he should be okay. well, should be well versed. Played with, uh, play with my buddy Doc last week. They made the cut. They played yeah, all right. They played yeah. they play pretty well. Yeah. The, I'm trying to see if there's any big surprises here on the board. Uh, was there anybody who you had high hopes for that you were not able to, to buy shares of? Yeah, so I, I wanted Denny. He just got too expensive for me at $5.30 in the end. And I liked uh, Russell Henley a lot, who I spoke about. So uh, those were the two guys that I had a lot of interest in thinking that I was going to have shares on, but the price point just got you know too high for me. One guy I'm looking for here to kind of see where he finished where did Phil end up going? Because oh my God, we didn't I, even talk about Phil. I had some interest in him, and you kind of put me on. I like the, Phil. The, yeah, three, when three. You jumped on the bandwagon a couple weeks <laughs> I know, ago. I'm like, I maybe know. I need to finally like take note here. But yeah. three fifty five. It normally, like you, you think Innisbrook, you're like, oh, that's a terrible setup for Phil. But I would have said the same thing about the Honda. I would have been yes. like, he's got no chance to make the cut at the Honda, and he played pretty good. So maybe he's turned something around very clearly I'm not a Phil guy. I, I think the metrics are always terrible for him. They have not, they've been good. I mean, he's, a, he's average with the driver for like five straight weeks. Like that is great. His iron approach or his irons have been uh, excellent. I mean, I, I think he played this event because he's feeling good about his game. This is not an event that he plays. He hasn't played it in yeah. 17 years. I think he's chomping at the bit to get out there because he feels good about his game right now. I'm actually like, I'm pretty high on, as high as I can be on Phil, right? I mean, he was 175 to one. I don't think he's going to win the golf tournament, but like I I would not at all be surprised to see him finish inside the top 20, which I think is like a very good result for him right now. Yeah, so 350, if he finishes there, um, would make you a ton of ton of money back on your... So yeah, I... I like what you said about Phil there. I agree with what you said about Phil there. He would not, there's no chance he comes here if he doesn't feel like um, he can put together a good performance just because it doesn't seem like it would set up well for him. But the irons have turned around for him. So that that's usually the key and, and will lead to better results for him. A couple of other things before we get out of here. Will asked the question. He says, does jock market IPO pricing impact your ownership projections for DFS. So for me, the answer is no, because DFS is different. You have to create a six player 
uh, lineup and you only have a certain salary cap in the jock market, you can spend as little or as much as you want. You can have 50 guys in your portfolio. You can have one. So no, but I do think it is very indicative. And Joe, I wonder if you agree with this. I think it is indicative of what we're going to see when the, when contests lock on Thursday morning, who the popular golfers are going to be like the way that I read this is like, um, Corey Connors is going to be incredibly popular as we know. I think that Russell Henley will probably come in higher than we think he will because we just saw a lot of people put their money where their mouth is. I think it's just a different type of sentiment. That's a great point. Yeah. And, and basically, essentially, uh, what ownership projections boil down to is how popular are they? And this kind of gives us a little peek behind the behind the blinders in terms of you can see, you know, there are people putting down real dollars on this player and the amount of shares and the price that they go for is directly um, correlated to how popular they are. Right. And what's the sentiment on them this week? And that generally will be reflected as well, uh, you know, in DFS ownership. I don't do a ton of, you know, I look at ownership projections and I appreciate them. But all in all, I, I don't use them necessarily to make a ton of decisions unless I'm stuck between two guys. Fair enough. I've got $20 to give out to the jock market. That is going to go to David at spin dot. Congratulations. That is our final $20 that we are giving away this evening. I will shoot those usernames over to our buddies at jock market and they will credit your account between one and 1 million days from now. I don't know when, whenever they get around to it. Uh, otherwise, Joe, the IPO is closed, which means we are now in live trading, which means, uh, and especially, I always think this is fun on, you know, Thursday mornings on the East Coast, I, I, you know, I wake up and guys are already out there on the course and there's things already moving and guys are going in certain directions. I really do like your idea of some of these guys that we have seen to be incredibly volatile, like Sam Burns. Um, uh, I mean, Sep Straka's of the world. I mean, there's plenty of them where if they get off to slow starts or what I also like to look at, Joe, is par five scoring. If like if Dustin Johnson plays Thursday, Thursday's par fives at one over, um, that's not happening again. Like it's just not right. Like, like there are a couple right. things between putter regression or putter progression between playing the par fives between hot rounds. Like these are the things that I would be looking for for in-game trading. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a really cool thing too, where it's, um, you know, it shows you what is that you have in your set with like the breakout players where it essentially shows yeah, you bounce, guys bounce that are back candidates, bounce back <laughs> candidates. Yeah. I love that because it will show you guys that are, you know, playing above their baseline. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but playing above their baseline in terms of like approach and ball striking, but below their baseline in terms of putting. So, you know, you think that that can come a little bit up and they're clearly in a good ball striking rhythm right now. So, all of these things are things to take note of and what makes uh, Jock Market you know, so cool and, and interactive throughout the week and throughout the tournament is that it doesn't stop on Thursday morning. Um, you can continue to research and, and use all the data and the tools available to make decisions throughout the tournament where you can try to isolate some value and keep building up that bankroll. There you go. I love it. I'm stoked about it. We are back, baby. Jock Market yes. is back for the Valspar, and we were looking at the schedule. Um, I don't see any other breaks for a while. There is a lot of golf to be played. It's going to be a lot of fun. But for now, let me thank Joe Iadoni, who you can find on Twitter at Tour Picks. You can find me at Rick Run Good. Go use the promo code. It's Power20. Get another deposit bonus. We'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping in. Peace.